0: We are talking about faith. We've been in a series about faith. It's the longest series I believe I've ever preached in my life. Uh, This is (laughs) part 11 of the ongoing series. Uh, And it's been interesting. You know, when I first started this, my life was going great. And the more I preach this, the crazier my life has gotten. Uh, But that's okay. get to live it out right in front of you. Uh, Faith does not mean you won't have problems. Are you hearing me? People have problems. People have struggles. People have challenges. The good news is faith helps you through those challenges. If you didn't have challenges, you wouldn't need faith. You know, if everything went great all the time, who needs faith? Everything's great. I need faith because things go wrong in my life. Usually because I'm an idiot and I do something wrong. But God is faithful. We need to have faith. Now, Hebrews eleventh chapter verse 6, has been our scripture. We've been reading every Sunday. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And we've been in the middle of this story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel. Three men who are threatened. If they didn't worship this idol the king had made, they were going to get thrown alive into the fiery furnace. And uh, we'll probably pick it up next week and give you the rest of the story. But uh, we want to finish on their proclamation of faith. Three things they said. When they were threatened to be thrown into the furnace. Number one they said. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace. The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Number two. He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And the real kicker is the third one. He says. But even if he does not. We want you to know your majesty. That we will not serve your gods. Or worship the image of gold you have set up. We've spent quite a bit of time. Talking to you about how God can do Anything. And number two, that he is willing to do any of these things for you. Yes, even you. I know sometimes we think, you know, God will bless somebody else, but not me, I'm not worthy or I'm too much of a whatever. No, God wants to do something for you. And he delights in doing things that just amaze people. And he likes to do amazing things because he is amazing. Uh, But before you can get to any of that, You've got to learn how to shut off the fear. Fear is the enemy of faith. Man, if you don't remember anything from this series, you got to remember this. Fear is the enemy of faith. It is the anti-faith. If you are afraid and panicking and freaking, you cannot have faith and you won't see a miracle in your life. That's why these guys had to say, look, we're trusting God, we believe God's going to help us, but even if he doesn't help us, even if he doesn't do jack squat, we will not bend, we will not bow, we refuse to be afraid. You've got to be able to shut off the fear. And there's lots of people that they pray when they're in trouble, but it's really not praying, it's freaking out in Jesus' name. You know, oh God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, help me, help me, help me. It's not exactly faith, okay? They think they're praying, and I guess they're kind of praying, but they're freaking. Ah! Freaking! Amen isn't exactly prayer, okay? You've got to stand in faith. You've got to shut it off. If you don't shut it off, everything I've been talking about is going to mean jack squat, You have to shut it off. And it's amazing. If you will read the Bible, almost every time something dramatic happened, it began with God or an angel or some leader or somebody saying two words, fear not. Fear not. Over and over again in the Bible, before you'd see anything dramatic, it was almost, don't be afraid. Why? Because if you're afraid then the miracle can't come. You have to shut it off. You say, Pastor, how do I shut it off? You do it on purpose. It's an intentional thing. You look at the worst case scenario. You stare it right in the face and you go, (laughs) and say, I will not be afraid. I refuse to be afraid. Well, what if this happens? I don't care. And some of you I know are facing things, challenges in your life. You know, things have gone wrong. Heard about the two families where their houses got burned or something. You know, that's what's going to happen now. What's going to happen now? Some of you are looking at maybe losing your job. Oh, what are we going to do if our company closes? Oh, what are we going to do? Someone, has, you know, the doctor says you might have this, that, and the other. What am I going to do? And you're living in fear. You've got to silence it. You've got to look at your worst case scenario and say, you know what? It's going to be okay. What if I lose my house? It'll still be okay. What if I lose my job? It'll still be okay. What if I get sick? You're going to be okay. God has never forsaken anybody. And he's not about to start with you. Now it means sometimes that we suffer. I get it. We don't like to suffer. I don't like to suffer. I don't even like to be inconvenienced. But we'll be okay. I don't care if you wind up living in a van down by the river. You're gonna be okay. You've got to look at that worst-case scenario straight in the face and say, "I don't care." You say, "But pastor, I do care." That's your problem. Because you care, we hold on to things so tightly, and we want them. Don't take it from me. Don't take it oh God don't take it oh please God don't take it I want it God I want it God you think he's going to answer that prayer no he won't you gotta let go man let God quit freaking out about everything you say well I don't want that to happen I get it nobody wants to suffer nobody wants to be inconvenienced nobody wants to go through a trial test or tribulation But the Bible says, when you're going through all kinds of trials, count it all joy. And let patience have its perfect work. Just relax. Chill out. The king said, I'm going to throw you into the furnace. I said, well, if you do, God will still save us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to be afraid. We refuse to be afraid. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I got to tell you what: If there's one thing I've learned since I became a Christian... When I was 16 years of age, is that before you can see God move in your life, you have to silence the fear. And I have had more than my share of opportunities to silence the fear, you know, and uh, because I've had all kinds of crazy things go wrong in my life, usually because I do something stupid, you know. And but it's okay. Even when you do something stupid, God is still there for you. And you've got to be able to look at it. You've got to say, "Shh, hush." I shared with you a couple of weeks ago story of how we got stuck on the side of a mountain and we're all abandoned, all by ourselves. We had a choice: be afraid or stay calm. We decided to stay calm, and God showed up in a wonderful way. But this has been the story of our life for many, many years, and doesn't stop. It's continuing to this day. Today, I want to share with you a story I've shared it's been a long time since I've shared this story but this one happened same kind of scenario Uh, this is like 20 years ago we lived in Marshfield, Wisconsin and uh, at the time I was about 35, 36 years of age I was was out of ministry at the time Uh, I was in full time ministry since the time I was 17 years of age Uh, and then became a pastor officially pastor by the time I was 20, 21 Uh, and until I got to the age of 30 And then said, I don't want to do this anymore because I was really bad at it. You know, nobody really cared what I had to say about anything. And I was always frustrated. And I finally said, you know, I need to move on. So I got out of it. we stayed in the church. I just wasn't a pastor anymore. And uh, got out of the church and uh, started our own business. And uh, we owned a uh, music production company. And uh, which eventually also turned into a video production company. But at the time, it was just a music production company. And we had our own uh, recording studio, small studio, with all kinds of high-end synthesizers and all kinds of fancy equipment and stuff like that. And we made our living by writing and producing jingles for radio and television commercials. You know, these little songs. We do it for banks and car dealerships and all kinds of different things. That's what we did. And uh, um, on occasion, rare occasion, it <laughs> wasn't very often... <laughs> Someone would call and ask me to come and do a concert and play, you know, for, you know, like, you know, 600 teenagers or this, that or the other. And, uh, on this one occasion, we got called by a church in Indiana to come down and do a concert for them and wanted us to come. So uh, I said, OK, so I got all my equipment together, all the high end, you know, gear and whatnot and the keyboards and all the other stuff and uh, rented a, a U-Haul. And loaded up in the U-Haul. And another guy with me, uh, by the name of Todd, who uh, was a drummer. And uh, so he's going to come with me and we were going to go do this concert. Now, uh, Todd had just gotten a, a truck, brand new truck. I mean, he literally just driven this thing off the lot. And it uh, was a really nice pickup truck and it had a, you know, covered back on it and stuff like that. And he had it stuffed full of all his drums and everything and stuff like that. So it was full. And, you know, so the rear view mirror, you couldn't see anything. It was just full of the stuff and then all my stuff was in the trailer. And uh you know, the trailer was thinner than the back of the, the pickup truck, uh but still it was a nice trailer, U-haul trailer and stuff and I had that full of all my stuff. And we took off for Indiana to do this concert. So we go, we do this concert, had a great time. The next morning we got up and I started heading back to Wisconsin. Well we're coming through uh you know Gary, Indiana, we cross over into the Chicago area. I don't know if you've ever driven around Chicago, but uh if you drive the speed limit they will run you over, you know, you're crazy people, man, they drive fast, you gotta, you got to go 70 or so just to keep up, 75 if you're going to stay ahead of anything, so we're cruising along, just, now, the trailer was such that because it was smaller, you, you couldn't see, first of all, you couldn't see through the rearview mirror, and you had to kind of lean into the mirror to kind of get a glimpse of the trailer out on the edges and stuff like that, because you just couldn't see it uh, very well, so, we are driving now we finally cleared the chicago area we're headed for the wisconsin border and uh... todd uh... sitting next to me and pretty soon he goes he says uh... hey mark can you uh... can you see the trailer <laughs> and uh... i, I said so well, what do you mean man he, says, I, he said i can't see it can where's the trailer man i don't know it's gotta be there All right, so i just quick pulled over to the side of the road and uh, we got out and we walked to the back and ah, there's no trailer There's no trailer, there's no ball, there's no nothing. It's like it never existed. And I'm like, ah! And then I thought, oh, no. Now, can you imagine a trailer popping off like that, going 75, 80 miles an hour, going loose and just... Twisting and crashing, and it probably smashed in a bunch of cars. I figured there were a dead bodies strewn all over the highway. And, you know, there's an all point bulletin out for some crazy eyed Puerto Rican driving a truck, and he's, yeah, you know, and I, I freaked. But, oh my goodness, we had to have just killed a whole bunch of people. And, and I, we looked up, and right at that exit, just where we pulled up, was a, a state patrol. So we quick pulled in there, and I walk, I'm hysterical. I'm like, oh, it's it a trial. There's probably dead people everywhere. So they of like, S- sit out, sit down. So he quick gets on the phone and, and, and uh, on the radios and he's calling around. And I'm picturing myself, you know, 15 years in jail for involuntary manslaughter. My kids could visit me from time to time. And it's going to be, you know, just, oh, no. And uh, he comes back and he says, uh, there, there's no reports of any accidents. Anywhere, and 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 I said, could you check Indiana? You know, and (laughs) so so they check Indiana, and there's nothing. And I said, no, no, sir, there's no accidents. Never, just be calm. I said, oh, anybody report a trailer? You know, (laughs) because where's the trailer? So he checked, and he says, there's no there's no report of any trailer. Oh man. So we got back in the car and I you know finally I felt much calmer after all that. Just I thought I killed somebody. So well let's go find the stupid trailer. So we start going back over the direction we came and, and there's no sign of a trailer anywhere. And there's nothing on the side of the road, there's nothing you, know, you think, you know, crash or you know dug up something, and we got into Indiana and nothing. We're looking, we're going slow, trying to look for any sign. We finally got back to where we started. No sign of a trailer at all. And I called my wife and I said, we lost the trailer. Said, How do you lose the trailer? I don't know. It's gone. Man, it's just gone. what it it's got to be somewhere. I know I can't find it. <laughs> we started heading home. We stopped to get some gas to fill up the truck again. And I got to tell you, fear struck my heart like you cannot imagine. It starts to dawn on me. Everything I own is in that trailer. My ability... To feed my family and make a living is in that trailer. I won't be able to make my, the note payment at the bank. They'll foreclose on my business. I won't be able to collect on... And I mean the... And you get all the pictures. You see all the pictures. This is going to happen and that's going to happen. You're going to lose this. And This is going to be terrible. They're going to kick you out on the street. You get all these things just come rushing in your... Oh! But I would learned a long time ago, man, you have got to shut it off and I remember standing behind that truck as they're fueling it up and looking to God and I start praying and I start to remind God of all the times he's answered my prayers I don't think he's forgotten, it's kind of more for me but I'm reminding him all the times he's answered my prayers they do this in the Bible by the way, when you read in the Old Testament, whenever they face something horrible, they'd start out by reminding God of all the times he'd done something for them And I reminded him of the story that I shared with you last time about being stuck on the mountain. I said, God, you're the God of the mountain. And I know that you'll take care of us. And I believe that you will help us find this trailer. I pray, God, you will do a miracle. Help us find the trailer. I believe you can do it. I believe you're willing to do it. But even if you don't do it. See, you have to get to that third point. As long as you're hanging on so bad, you've got to have it or you can't be happy. I've got to have it. I'll never feel fulfilled in my life. I've got to have it or I'll die. It'll be horrible. As long as you do that, you're not going to get anything. You have to let it go. And let God. And said, even if you don't help us find the trailer and we don't find any of that stuff, I don't care. I don't, I'm telling you, it's just an intentional thing you do. You just look at it and you say, I don't care. No, no. I will not bend. I will not bow. I will not be afraid. So we got in the truck and started driving home and got into Wisconsin. It was another couple hours yet of driving to go and no trailer. We never saw any of it. But you know, we got to a place where you're just, you're, you're just in complete peace. Why? Because you let go and you let God. As long as you stay in fear, you can't have faith. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how much we'd suffer. All I knew is that God had never forsaken us and he wasn't about to now. Had no idea what it had. As far as I could figure, the trailer is gone. We're driving home, about halfway home. All of a sudden I remembered, oh, when I got the rent of the trailer, I, I bought that extra insurance. i thought, like, yes, great, I got insurance. Oh, <laughs> we got insurance. And I I look, and it says it covers everything except for mysterious disappearance. (laughs) Well, this was pretty mysterious. Where's the trailer? I don't know. Where'd you lose it? I don't know. Anybody see it? No. I pulled into the house. My lovely redhead comes running out. She says, someone just called. They got your trailer. <laughs> really? Yes, she says, they're holding it hostage. <laughs> what? So we call the police. And the police say, well, if, if, they, if they call again, then, you know, agree to meet with them in whatever terms. And, and we'll set up a sting and try and get you, and, and bust these guys. <laughs> so it went. It was probably a week, right, before they called back. With You know, you're sitting there for a week and nobody's calling. Nobody's calling. You know what's going to happen. South Side of Chicago. That stuff, you know, could get pawned off a million times by then. Finally, get a call. He says, "Mark, yeah, I got your trailer." <laughs> I said, "Really?" He says, "Yeah." He says, "We're driving behind you." He says, "You're going a little fast." <laughs> so all of a sudden, that trailer popped off the back and started screeching down the middle of the road but it didn't tip over it just stayed it should have been cracked it just... and then he said it went off the side and went through some people's lawns and then it came up again and it parked right on the side of the road right on the gravel, I don't know that's where Man, I'm picturing angels are riding that thing going yeah. do that again. (laughs) He said, just pulled over, just parked right there. We looked up and you just kept driving away. (laughs) He said, we opened the back and we saw that expensive equipment. So we hooked up to our pickup truck and we got it. We'll give it back to you but you got to give us $5,000. I said, okay. Okay, so he said we're going to meet and stuff at a truck, top, truck stop south side of Chicago called the cops and said okay just agree to everything so I told the guy I said, Well, how will you know it's me He said, just wear a real bright Hawaiian shirt <laughs> <laughs> so here I am south side of Chicago at a truck stop with all these burly guys walking around and I'm like you know glowing Woo! <laughs> just standing in this big Hawaiian shirt Finally, some guy comes up and says, You, Mark? (laughs) Yep, that's me. (laughs) He says, You got the money? I said, yeah. Now, what had happened was, we got ahead of time, we met with the police. So they set up this sting thing where one of the policemen was going to act like my buddy. And he'd have the money. And he says, What we'll do is, first of all, you have to identify that some of the equipment is yours. Once we know it's really yours... Then I'll whip out a big load of cash and, and, uh, and everybody's eyes will go to the cash. The thieves' eyes will look at the cash and then we'll swing in and, and we'll bust them. You know, and, and if there's any shooting, just get down. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay, it'll be okay. It'll be, how bad can it hurt to get shot? How bad can it hurt? You know, It can't be that bad. So we get there, we follow these guys, we get to the, this pickup truck, and he opens up the pickup truck in the back, and there's some of my stuff. And the cop, who's he's my buddy, but he's my, the cop, says, is that your stuff? And I said, yes. And then he reaches in, he pulls out this big wad of, just huge wad of bills. And all the guys' eyes all go to the money. Even my eye went to the money. Whoa, that's a lot of money. You know. And I thought, wait a minute. Don't look at the money. And I look up. And I can see these cops coming in with their guns and stuff. And I'm like. <laughs> but they're all staring at the money. I mean, it's a, it's a funny thing. He just has them all hypnotized with the money. As they're staring at this thing. And the cops come in. And boom! They bust these guys. And uh, you know, and uh, they went and showed us where the trailer was. And we got everything back. Did not lose a single piece of Of equipment. I mean it's a miracle. Two weeks outside of Chicago. Center got it all back. (laughs) Hooked it on the tray. Chuck again and drove it home. And uh, it was really quite the miracle. Now. He said did you feel a lot better after you got it all back. No. No. See I, I felt okay already. Back Early on when we first lost it and I looked up and said, God, you're the God of the mountain. I believe you'll help us out. If we don't get that trailer, even if we never get it, it's going to be okay. That's when I started feeling good. See, I don't need things. As long as you need something to make you happy, you'll always be a victim. So all that's got to happen is Satan's got to take that thing from you and you'll fall apart. Or that person that you think you can't live without. I love my boyfriend. Ah!" You'll always be a victim. Our source of joy comes from Him. The focus has to stay here. I get it. We're surrounded by all this stuff. And I like it when things go well. I don't like it when things go badly. And we've been (laughs) kind of a stretch of badly lately. But it's okay. Why? Because my joy isn't based on this. My joy is based on this. You've got to let go. And let God, if you don't learn how to shut off the fear, you'll never get to a place of faith. You've got to learn. Look it in the face and say, I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Or Satan will say, well, what if this happens? You've got to say, I don't care. I'm trusting in God. Well, if God doesn't ever help you, I still don't care. I will not bend. I will not bow. I will not be afraid. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a faithful, loving, caring God. That you help us in spite of our circumstances, in spite of where we're at. Lord, we're thankful that we can trust you in the midst of a storm. That we can still have peace. Lord, help us to become absolutely assured that, number one, you can do anything. Help us to be overwhelmed, number two, that you are willing to. To do it for us. But help us to stand in a place of confidence. That even if you don't. Even if we never get the answer we want. We will not bend. We will not bow. We will not be afraid. Because it's when we get to that place. Where we let go. And let God. That's when you show up. And you start to change the circumstances. All around us. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.